exploring unexplained phenomena. It's great to be with you on this wonder-filled Saturday morning. Hey, Jim Shorty is here. Jim, how are you? Good morning. I'm great. How are you? We've got Charlene and the Capital Humane Society coming up. That we do. We have fresh coffee in our coffee mm -hmm. cups. We have the appropriate attitude. Yes, we do. And, hey, Dad, did you get your hair cut? No, I got them all cut. Oh, yeah, not just one. <laughs> did you get a haircut? I forgot. You got your hairs cut. Okay. We've got, uh, let's see, this phone's on top of a cord here. There we go. This is live radio, folks. We'll start the show with Charlene and the Capital Humane Society. And then we've got uh, Paula Harris, UFOs, ETs, and exopolitics. And we're going to have an extended conversation with Paula, followed by Rachel Mayo and um, Costa Macreas. We'll be talking about UFOs, contact, and consciousness. First, here's Charlene with the Capital Humane Society, Cats and Dogs for Adoption. Hi, Charlene. How are you? Good morning. There she yes, is. Yes, Charlene. Good morning to you. And how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Thank you so much for being here. We're doing great. And tell us what's new with the Capital Humane Society. Oh, we're always super busy and super grateful for what's going on. We have volunteers here now. They made sure all our dogs got walked. We have wonderful volunteers who are actually mowing the lawn for us. Mm. So we are so grateful for the community support so that we can do our work. August 13th is basic dog obedience class. Yes. So um, if you're interested in signing up, we have more information on our website at capitalhumanesociety.org. Um, and you can learn how to register for these classes to help you and your pet uh, learn some basic obedience so your pets are polite. In other words, the pets learn how to train the humans to do their job <laughs> of caring for them. Now, it sounds like a lot of fun. Hey, and, and this is a whole page of fun. I'm looking at kittens and cats for adoption. Who's up first? First up, we are going to talk about Itty Bitty. <laughs> so she's an adorable tortie. Oh, wow. Cute, huh? <laughs> Such pretty markings. And she is a petite cat, so her name is appropriate. She's about <laughs> a year old, a spayed female, a domestic short hair. Um, a smart cat wants to be your intelligent sidekick. Like somebody just threw blotches of paint at a canvas. <laughs> what a pretty mix of colors. Yeah, she's a great looking cat. Um, I bet you she's got a buddy or a friend. Yep. Next up is Quartz, also a beautiful cat, all black. Um, our wonderful volunteer photographer took that great picture. Uh, she's oh. just six months old. Isn't she pretty? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, wants to purr and play in a very nice new home. Beautiful golden eyes and yes. black whiskers. Wow. She is all black. Just a little bit of a hint of white on her chest. Good-looking cat. And by the way, if, you, if you'd like to follow along, we're at CapitalHumaneSociety.org. Itty-bitty, Quartz, and... Cheyenne. 
and she's tucked away in one of her little cubbies but poked her head out for a picture and it turned out so good. She's got the muted calico marking. She's about two years old, would love a home where there are plenty of sunny spots that she can bask in. Okay, yeah, what a cutie. Little pink nose poking out there and the white whiskers. Itty-bitty quartz in Cheyenne among great cats. You can see pictures at capitalhumanesociety.org or better yet, go out and see them. And here's Charlene with hours open today and tomorrow. Please visit us at our Pylock Pet Adoption Center. We will be open today and tomorrow from 11 to 5.30. And the proverbial question is, who let the dogs out? Dogs are next. Uh, Capital Humane Society has got some great dogs. And who's up first? We'll start with Diesel. And he is a German Shepherd mix, about a year old, a neutered male, mostly black, really shiny, soft fur. Looking for a great home with people who have loads of energy, because he does. <laughs> and he would love to go for daily walks and have playtime in the yard. Um, a really handsome dog, ready to be your uh, very nice sidekick. <laughs> Pump you up with diesel. Okay, yes. he would be a great dog for those twice-a-day walks to get yourself uh, looking great. Uh, he would love to get out. Mac is recovering from his old dog vestibular syndrome, and so we took our first uh, walk yesterday that we've taken for a while. And by the time we came up the steep hill, we were both panting, but we both enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he's doing better. Okay, diesel, um, who's up next? Sydney, and Sydney is a beautiful dog, 12 years young, a spayed female, a buff-colored Labrador, looking for a wonderful family that will love her and provide her with proper care. Um, she's so pretty and so sweet and so ready to find a home. A buff-colored Labrador, that's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sydney, pictures up at CapitalHumaneSociety.org, and we've got Diesel, Sydney, and... We'll finish off with Seek, S-E-E-K. He is a five-year-old German short-haired pointer, weighs about 57 pounds, full of energy. So needs a family that wants to go and go and go some more. He is just a lot of fun. Um, he does not care for other dogs, so he wants to be your one and only canine companion. So Seek is a seeker. Yes. Uh-huh, for sure. You don't want to say that you're seeking something or he'll think you're calling his name. And uh, what a great dog, again, for getting out and being active. Take a look at the picture of, of Seek, and Seek will show you his tongue. <laughs> hey, buddy, show us your tongue. Uh... Better yet, you can see these pictures at capitalhumanesociety.org. Go out and see him today and tomorrow. Here's Charlene with hours open. Please visit us at our Pylog Pet Adoption Center. We will be open Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 530. Okay, Charlene, thank you so much for all that you do. And uh, let's all say a prayer for some rain, okay? Uh, okay. Okay. Talk to you next week. Thank, thank you. Thank you for everything. Bye-bye. Charlene and friends at the Capital Humane Society, make them the first place you go when you want to adopt a dog or a cat. I'm Scott Colborn. And you know who you are. Hey, our next guest up is Paula Harris. And Paula is currently in Boulder, which is actually a rarity. I think she had to, to probably do some laundry. 
Uh, but she's typically just gallivanting all around the world. She's one of those people that that uh, would like to be there on location and do the research and talk to the witnesses. And uh, she's a good friend and colleague. And one day, the kids and I were out in Estes Park, and we called Paula. She drove down to have lunch with us. That's so nice. Um, so, yes. And I think she was, a, she was a star in terms of my kids. That was pretty cool. Oh, but so. that was a lot of fun. This is Paula Harris from Boulder, Colorado. Hi, Paula. <clears throat> Hi, Scott. So when are you coming back to Estes Park? It's absolutely gorgeous there. Uh, I've been I've been watching the pictures uh, being posted from Estes, and yes, it is. Uh, the moose are, are walking up and down Main Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> and, and nobody's yes, telling are. them they can't either. <laughs> It, it's gorgeous. It yeah. looks like Switzerland. Wow. It's beautiful. So, Paula, you uh, you keep your fingers to the pulse of uh, what what people and what media are talking about, uh, and what's crossed your desk in the last thirty days that's got your interest in terms of UFOs and consciousness. What's going on? Well, one of the problems that I'm having is that since I know everybody and have done so much work in Europe, I have um, I can also verify stories. And there was a story out that Italy had shot down a UFO, uh, you know, in Sicily, and I knew everybody involved there because I had talked to them back in 2005, and there was no shoot down of a UFO. So hmm. what that what happened was we had a, a electromagnetic anomaly off the coast of uh, Sicily and I think that the helicopter which was not did not, you know, have any other damage but a couple of melted, you know, propellers and the you know the pilot came out whole and everybody was fine. That helicopter interacted with a ball of light that was had electromagnetic anomalies. So that is not considered a shoe-down, and the shoe-down thing was on major TV. I'm not going to say what the channel was. Um, and I'm watching all my friends on that show. I mean, people I just saw in Rome, because I was in Italy in June, I saw some of those same people. And I can say that, you know, it, we cannot pa uh, pass this phenomenon out as a evil, um, threatening, um, dangerous alien invasion where we can run to Congress and get funds for more armaments. Because if those ETs or if those cultures had wanted to come after us, they would have done it already a long time ago, probably when we were doing all the H-bomb testing in the Pacific. So I think... I think we need to look at that whatever's visiting this planet is observing. Whatever's visiting this planet is interesting in our evolution, is interested in our evolution. And whatever's uh, visiting this planet is cautioning us about our ecological, um, you know, demise, which, you know, it's obvious looking at the weather and the crops and everything all over the world that the weather has changed. This is Paula Harris, and she's in Boulder, Colorado. Her website is paulaharris.com, P-A-O-L-A, harris.com, and starworksusa.com. 
is a great website because it talks about a conference coming up in November. And today is sort of a prelim of what people can expect there in uh, November. How, how is the StarWorks conference different? Uh, wh why did you set it up the way you did? Well, you know, Scott, you and I have a lot of the same positive energy, the same positive thinking about inspiring the planet to change. You can't make the planet change. You have to inspire. And so what I wanted to do was bring speakers that were inspirational but had the latest information. So what we know, you and I know, that ESP or... Um, Psychic phenomenon is very important. I mean, that is the way the ETs, the extraterrestrials, are also communicate. They don't go to school to study Italian, English, and all these languages. What they do is direct thought transfer. So I made this year the year uh, of ESP. In other words, that we do remote viewing ESP. We're going to do it with the audience, so it's going to be fun. Russell Targ asked me if he could do some tests. And I said, yeah. Cool. And, and I have Uri Geller coming, uh, Skyping in from Israel. I have Russell Targ that worked with him at SRI. I have Angela Thompson-Smith who worked with the remote viewers, uh, the military remote viewers. I have Nick Pope talking about um, the remote viewing program in England, always used for intelligence purposes, of course, not to teach in school, but, you know, intelligence purposes. And it'll be interesting because it's theme-based, and uh, I think you have Rachel Mayo and um, Costa on, and Rachel is so inspiring because she studies these things on her own. She's my hostess, and uh, Costa does uh, uh, contact work with galactic diplomacy, so, uh, you know, he, he gathers people around the world to mentally communicate, mentally uh, ask that they, uh, you know, appear. So it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting to, to do this kind of theme and interesting and interactive with the audience. So they're not just sitting there. They can walk away with some technical skills. Uh, for the average person out there in the street, uh, why is the UFO phenomenon important to them? Well, the, it isn't for everybody. I mean, because it's not religion. Like in my case, my family is really interested, so I don't foist it on them. Um, but for the people that do study, that study uh, the planet, that study ancient history, that study uh, paranormal, for those people that are interested, the average person may not be, but there are people that do study this. It changes our paradigm. It changes the way that we think. It makes us become one with the cosmos. I mean, you could look up the stars at night up there, but you're not separate from them. You're not separate from what's up there. You're part of what's up there. You're part of an energy. And, of course, the bottom line, the word we use all the time is consciousness. You can interact with the consciousness of another galaxy, of another uh, group of cultures. You could interact with this consciousness because that's what we are. We're consciousness. But you have to be at that level where you want to. You have to want to grow. You have to want to, as a species, evolve. You have to want to. 
And I, th I think each of us have experienced um, the aspect of consciousness and maybe even a little bit of ESP when we've uh, walked into a setting, a room, and we've, uh, we've felt or sensed warmth, uh, fellowship, camaraderie, a sense of purpose, a place of, of being, a connection. Um, it may be a, a, a group of friends. It may be a, a church or a synagogue. It may be some place that, that, uh, that people have felt that. We've also probably had experiences with uh, other people where we've uh, picked up on their uh, anger, their rage, their frustration, and we've done that in ways that are nonverbal, uh, that are not based upon uh, sight or, or vision. So we have experienced consciousness, that exchange between uh, one or more people. We've experienced ESP. Um, there's a little game that people can play if they want to, and that is just to say, um, I wonder what time it is, and without looking at your wristwatch or the clock, to make kind of a guess and then check and see if you're, if you're right. And the more that I do that game, the better off or the better I am actually at, at guessing that. So, uh, Paula, I don't know if I've ever asked you this question, but when you were a little girl, did you ever have a, a odd, weird, strange experience, a UFO sighting? I didn't, uh, Scott, but I'd lived in my own little world because I was very isolated. Um, my father was a diplomat, and we didn't play with very many kids, so I created my own little world. And I think I lived in my own little world for a long time, so I had a different perception of the planet than most people. You know, I wasn't distracted. I was like, I went inward. And I think that a lot of this is that you, we have to go inward. I, you know, to be distracted, you don't really know what's going on. So no, and I, my, you know that my first, uh, uh, you know, um, exposure was Close Encounters uh, of the third kind, the movie, uh, and that was thirty in my thirties. So no, I, 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 it's really weird for me mm -hmm. to. Uh, Ask you know everybody that I've talked to have had something as childhood in their childhood except me. I, I just had my own little world. Uh, do you suppose the uh, leaders of the world know more than they are admitting to? Well, it's, uh, it's a matter of national security. Okay, so if you you have things going on in the sky, and this is from Iran to uh, South America to uh, Canada, to America, to China, you see stuff that is not your stuff. And you see, uh, you look at it as a matter of national security. So absolutely every country in the world has some kind of database, has some kind of observation, but they're wise enough to know they can't do anything about it. I mean, I'm, that's the problem with all of it is that you can't control this phenomenon. It'll appear when it wants to, it'll disappear when it wants to, and you can't fight it. Uh, there are a couple of camps in the study of UFOs. Uh, one is really interested in 1947 onward, and they view that as being the, 
the modern era. And there are others that say that, uh, that we've had throughout recorded history uh, sightings and interactions with these other sentient beings, these other people. Where do you fall, Paula? Well, it's logical. I'm using logic. Why would they just show up in 1947? These beings have interacted for, uh, with us in the beginning of time using our logic, um, uh, you know, in different countries, in different, uh, you know, philosophies. I mean, even in the Indian times, in the Vedas, uh, there's the Vimana that had these crafts that it would appear. Um, in, uh, but you'd have to study all these things. I mean, this is a study. This isn't like, I don't look at this subject matter as entertainment, let's do it for fun. I look at it like, what don't I know and what do I need to study to understand the whole entire picture? So, of course, they're not going to just show up 1947. <laughs> Actually, it's 1945, the first crash at San Antonio, New Mexico, but that I know of. But then there were crashes in the 1800s, I hear. So the thing is that, uh, and that's, we're using crashes as, as, a, as a yardstick, but that's not the, uh, the interaction of these beings. The, these beings are far more evolved, so they were, came way back uh, to our early beginnings. Um, so, I mean, it's an interesting study if you want to look at it academically. Let's take the bottom of the hour break, and when we come back, Paula, uh, tell us about the uh, conference in November in Laughlin, Nevada, and um, a little bit about the, the, the people that are going to be there. We've got a, a list here on our computer monitor of the, of the speakers and presenters, but um, I'm going to ask you about some of the people that are going to be attending that, uh, people from all over the world. So this is Paula Harris. Her website is Paula, P-A-O-L-A, Harris.com. And you can also go to StarWorksUSA.com. I'm Scott Colborn with Jim Shorney and Colleen. And you guys and gals, our focus today, our program theme is UFOs, Consciousness, and Contact. We'll be right back after this. Hey, the voice of the blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. Support for KZUM comes from the Rococo Theater presenting Beatles vs. Elvis, a musical showdown with tribute band Abbey Road and Elvis tribute Scott Bruce. Sunday, August 18th at 7 p.m. at the Rococo Theater. Tickets, details, and more at rococotheater.com. My name is Manny Morales. I'm 45 and I coach youth football. It's still hard to believe because the high school me was a work in progress. But big brothers, big sisters give me a real role model. And the young me neither a role model bad. My bigger brother's name is Ray. And Ray is the reason that this seven-year-old grows up to be a role model himself. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. 
The full moon lights the silver rails winding around dark mountains and over steep gorges of jagged rock in one freezing cold rushing Black Mountain River. I wish there was enough time to describe all of the funny twists and turns that led up to now, but there isn't enough time because there's a ticking clock and the two passengers we care most about don't know anything about it. To see what happens next, visit read.gov to read The Exquisite Corpse, a riveting adventure pieced together by John Sheska, Shannon Hale, Daniel Handler, and other popular authors. Explore new worlds. Read. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. This program is made possible in part by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. And by... Eutheris Mason Love Funeral Home, located at 4040 A Street in Lincoln. Locally owned and operated since 1883, Butheris Mesa and Love provides funeral services, pre-arrangement and aftercare services for all faiths, plus informational seminars and grief support materials. More information is available at 402-488-0934, online at bmlfh.com, and on Facebook. Hi, I'm Vic Valverde, and I'd like to invite you on a musical journey of both sound and rhythm to a place I call Mesoterra. We'll travel far from commercial culture and just a step or two away from the abstract. So join me on Saturday afternoons, 3 to 5 p.m. for Mesoterra, right here on KZUM. Our friend Paula Harris is on the line here from Boulder, Colorado. And uh, Paula, let me uh, give you a quote from a common friend of ours, a gentleman that you've helped introduce to the world, and have you kind of react to this. UFOs are as real as the airplanes that fly over your head. Yeah, that's Paul Hellier, the former defense minister of Canada, and uh, he's a real hero, like Clifford Stone, Colonel Corso, and so many people that have really made this subject valid. And I'll be seeing him, because I'm speaking in Canada, on the 20th of September. Uh, in fact, I'll be his guest at his house while I, you know, when when uh, during the conference he wants to do some more talking. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it, that's I mean, this is a defense minister. It's like McNamara was during the time of Kennedy because he was during the same time period. So, uh, you know, some people care about this. Some people don't care about this. But the people that want to know and want to connect the dots could certainly come to the conference November 1st to 3rd at the Aquarius Casino Resort in Laughlin, Nevada. So... uh who were some of the people that that come from all over the world to attend? Um, tell us what they're like. Give us kind of a snapshot of some of the people that might be attending. Well, I just had one. <laughs> a, a husband and wife couple from Austria, Marjan and Sharam. Uh, they are from Austria. He is a professor in, uh, uh, you know, artificial intelligence, computer science. Uh, they're coming, and they're friends of mine. That's Austria. 
Um, I have Colin Wolford coming from England. He's, I don't know if you've seen him on Facebook. He's, he always talks about the alien autopsy. Uh, he's, he's wonderful. He's coming. And, of course, as speakers, as speakers, I have uh, Marcella Velasco from Peru. Uh, she's coming uh, to talk about her experiences and her photographs uh, dealing with Andromedan pe- beings from Andromeda. And she's from Peru. And then Jaime Malsan, and he's my favorite because he has so many UFO videos. It's coming from um, Mexico City to present. So, and he has a full office there and, and just everything. And Jaime is, is a fellow journalist. So he's coming. And then um, we, you know, you know him very well. He's from the United States. But. Uh, Jim Pettiston has just written a book called The Rendlesham Enigma, and uh, he's a friend of yours, too, and he is going to reveal what's in that book, um, which he says is the final book on Rendlesham, which is a case that happened in 1980 uh, in England. So, yeah, that's just some of the people. Then, you know, you said another country. Well, Charles Lamoureux, who is a filmmaker, is coming from Canada to show his film on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's coming from uh, Toronto, and his film is about uh, chasing UFOs. It, I'm, I'm always interested in, in the snapshot of who would be attending <clears throat> an event like this, because I've had friends say, oh, that's for, that's for kind of you people that are into that, right? That's, that's kind of your event. And what I want to say is it's for anybody that is curious. You don't have to have a doctorate uh, in front or behind your name to be interested in this. Uh, you don't have to be an elected official. You don't have to be in law enforcement. You can be from any walk of life and simply be curious. Maybe it's because of your own experience. Maybe it's because of just kind of following the subject as you've gotten older and uh, you've kind of wondered about this. So I want to invite everybody to this uh, event. And for those that have had the actual contact, close encounter experience, uh, we've got uh, Gwen Farrell doing two experience recessions. So uh, Paula, tell us about those. Those are just for people that have had contact. Yeah, it, it's uh, like-minded people in the same room, uh, and it's, you know, it, it, it's free. It's from 8 to 9, and it's like a salon. Everybody goes in and just sits down and listens to everyone's experience. And Gwen Farrell is a hypnotherapist from Phoenix, Arizona. She's so sweet. She she kind of directs the uh, sessions, and we've had her for now, I think it's four years, and uh I think it's important that that be part of the conference. It's not. It's in the mornings, um, and and it is part of the conference. The the conference itself does not deal with that on stage, but we do have support groups uh, around the conference, and this is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the folks that travel to this from all over the world, um, some of you folks are listening right now and maybe considering going. Um, you're going to meet people from other places, <laughs> not necessarily off-planet, but from, from other places on Earth that you're going to form relationships with. And, Paula, I'm always uh, uh, fun and gregarious, and 
I typically try to sit up front, and during a break, I'll stand up and kind of go up and down rows and shake people's hands and say, tell me where you're from. Why are you here? What do you think so far? <laughs> and in, encouraging these people to talk to their neighbors. Um, and I've heard people say, oh, you were here last year, weren't you? Yeah, I recognized you. And so it's, it's fun. There's a community that is formed um, at these events. And so now tell us why Starworks in November, how did you set this up to be different from other conferences? Well, you know, I don't want to get negative, but I don't consider this subject matter entertainment. I consider this subject matter um, as, as very, very important as philosophy, humanities, you know, because I'm a teacher by trade. And I saw too much uh, in, in the past of, you know, gadgets and T-shirts and silliness and not taking this seriously and you know, uh, people dressed up as a, a aliens and all this. And I said, I'm not doing anything like that. You will not see any sculptures of little gray aliens. There are no little gray stuff around around Star Wars. You will. We have a, what's called a, 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 a red carpet, and I usually put one of the nebulas taken from the Hubble against the red carpet with our logo, so people have their picture taken against nebulas and uh, outer space and beautiful, beautiful images that are a lot better than the cartoon entertainment um, kinds of conferences. And I had to do it because in order to turn away from that and make it a place that a good self-respecting scientist would want to walk into, I had to make it serious. So I thought, well, maybe there are some scientists out there, some astronomers and so forth. You know, I worked with Alan Hynek mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, have dialogued with Jacques Vallée. These are, these are serious people. I, and I'd like those guys to come in and have a dialogue. And they won't do it if they see a bunch of little gray alien T-shirts and, you know, tinfoil hats and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've had to make it change the paradigm, Scott, and mine is the only one like that, my conference. And there's so many conferences out there, but ours is the only one, and it's very beautiful. I mean, the images that we have are beautiful. This year, we're going to have optical illusions so that you get, your, your mind gets caught up in these uh, images we're going to put on the wall because it's ESP. So other conferences may focus on um, bright lights in the night sky or the best daytime photograph and arguments about the propulsion system, about where these beings come from. Uh, For many years, some of the major organizations collected that information, but when witnesses started talking about other aspects of their experience uh, that are almost parapsychological in nature, uh, it was met with a mute response. Uh, I know that from uh, talking with Richard Hall, that back in the early days of, of NICAP, when they had close encounter reports where people talked about being on board, they quietly took those reports and put them clear in the back of the bottom drawer behind a bunch of stuff uh, or in the circular file, a.k.a. the garbage can. So I, I want to stress that uh, the Starworks event is unique and different, and it sets itself apart purposely because there's more to UFOs than just bright lights in the night sky. 
Absolutely, and uh, and not, and there's more to UFOs than three types of aliens: the Nordic, the reptilian, and the gray. Um, Clifford Stone said he had a manual when he was doing crash retrieval that had 57 different species. If you want to go there, that that in itself is something to study. That if we have 57 different species in a manual, uh, then, then you better you better look and see why they're all here. Uh, and so, I mean, it's so much deeper than the entertainment stuff that I keep seeing. And Paula, uh, I'm going to ask you to help me introduce, before you leave, uh, introduce our next, next guest. This is Rachel Mayo. And why did you choose Rachel to be a part of StarWorks? Well, Rachel has uh, an honest and innate ability to communicate. She, when she speaks, it's from the heart. So she knows what she, uh, you know, wants to transmit to people. And Rachel is very good. You know, she does Toastmasters. She probably tell you she's good at a hostess. To she, what she does is introduce people. Uh, but she lives it. Uh, Rachel wants something to happen. She wants action. She lives it. She lives the consciousness aspect of it in everyday life. And because she is so involved in her community. She brought a lot of CE5 people, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, you know, Stephen Greer people to the conference. Because she's involved in that, then she can speak from that. She can speak from the heart. She can speak from experience. And and I'll tell you, she's a great communicator. When she speaks, everybody listens. All she has to do is, is uh, just be really uh, natural and talk about consciousness and how it can change the planet how it changed her life, how it changes the community, and how we got to do this. Uh, we have to raise the uh, the vibration on this planet, and she's the best spokesman. Uh, Rachel, welcome. Paula kind of thinks you're you're pretty good. <laughs> Hello, thank you. Okay, I'm excited to be well, on the show. Rachel is also in Texas, so she's like on the other yes. side of where we are. Okay, Paula, yeah. do you want to stay or do you want to go? No, no, I want. I think Rachel has a lot to share with you, so I'm going to go and just invite everybody to come and be part of a evolved community. And Rachel, uh, God bless you for everything you do. And thank you, you as well. Thanks, Paula. That's Paula Harris, and go to StarWorksUSA.com for more information. Hey, Rachel, it's great to have you on the phone. What's going on? Hi, I'm excited. And you're in Texas? Yes, I'm in South Central Texas. Uh, what is a, a woman like yourself doing at UFO events? Why, why are you curious? Well, when I was younger, around eight or nine years old, I had a pretty fascinating experience that really opened my mind to the paranormal and the unexplained. Uh, years went by and after, you know, researching and trying to find the answers, I got involved with Paula Harris and I've took her for four years now and I'm thrilled to be a part of the Starworks USA conference as she spoke about. And I just want to try to get this information out that I learned, um, to help the betterment of humanity. Well, it's, it's great to have you here. I, I met you and your husband, Robert, and your uh, darling little boy uh, at a prior yeah. event. Um, 
so tell me more about what happened when you were a little girl. All right. So I was around eight or nine years old, mm-hmm. and my parents put me to church school class that I would go to weekly. So my father picked me up, and it was in the early evening hours of winter, so it was already dark. And on the way home, on our route, we would go down this small road that was next to a wheat field. What area of the world and, was this in, uh, Rachel? Oh, this is in Grand Prairie, Texas, a okay. suburb of Dallas. Mm-hmm. And so we witnessed, it was around four to six huge balls of light flying lower than any helicopter would fly. And they were about the size of small cars. They were weaving in and out of one one another, almost flying like fireflies, like they had a consciousness of their own. And all of a sudden, they just took off into the night sky. And keep in mind, my dad worked on government aircraft for 30-plus years, and he could not explain what we saw. So, of course, as a young child, this really got my mind going. So I've always been interested in finding out more. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Have you had um, adult uh, sightings, either uh, craft or any other contact experiences? Yes. Um, in my early 20s, I got into meditation. So I've had a lot of interesting contact experiences with beings through that. And the message was always good. There was no fear, positive love, light type energy. Mm-hmm. And most recently, I moved on to a ranch on several acres in the middle of nowhere. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I get a call from my landlord that gave me chills. It was the second day I moved in, and she said, you know, when I was showing you this place, it didn't dawn on me to tell you, but the lady who lived there before you used to see UFOs hovering over the trees. Oh. So I immediately got goosebumps. And long story short, in the two months I've lived here... It's only been two months. It's crazy, but I have seen several crafts right above our heads. It's amazing when we get people outside and have them look up, people do see stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, it's been where, I I mean, I'll see four or five crafts in one night. Mm Mm-hmm. And And then, you know, and then, oh, the, the, and then the corollary would be that there appear to be places, perhaps like your acreage you're describing where there is a uh, more than uh, normal distribution of sightings. Uh, John Keel used to call those places uh, window areas because they were um, a concentration of sightings in one area and perhaps that's where where you live there. Do you? I'm really starting to believe that and... Do you suppose when you look up at these uh, lights or these craft, do you suppose they're looking down at you? You know, that's something I've really had to ask myself um, and really think about and digest because some of these crafts that we see, and usually I'm out with my husband and we watch the sky together, it's, it's become a night ritual. It seems like some of them tend to really 
flash and, you know, power up right above our heads. So sometimes it makes me wonder, is this a form of communication or are we just, you know, in a great spot? I've talked to a lot of my CE5 friends about this, and they're pretty convinced that we're having some sort of contact that we don't yet understand. And it's exciting to think of that. And I really feel like I've been brought to this location for a higher purpose. I mean, I've been, you know, hunting UFOs my whole life, and now they're, you know, right above my head. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, Dr. Willie Smith years ago had an article that he wrote about um, UFOs and lights. And the conclusion that he came to as a scientist was that the lights that we see could be a byproduct of their propulsion system and or <laughs> they want to be seen by us. It's like, turn the lights on, let them, let them know that we're here. So right. there, there may be a twofold purpose in, in those lights that we see. Yeah, and it always, I always, you know, wonder, and it gets my mind going, who's up there? What are they doing? You know? Mm -hmm. And it, it's just so fascinating to think about this, that other beings, more advanced intelligences, are visiting our planet. I mean, this is the biggest history we have facing our planet, in my opinion, today. And one of the nexus, one of the, the place, places where, where we meet, and these other sentient beings meet, is consciousness. Right. That's the intersection. And, right, and I feel like a lot of this happens during our dreams and meditation, and it goes beyond the physical realm. And so that's why I feel the exploration of consciousness is certainly important, and I'm really glad that Paula Harris brings this study to Star Wars USA every year in November. Do you remember last year uh, Grant Cameron's presentation, uh, Rachel, where he talked about um, there's a number of bullet points. One of the points he made is that that like attracts like, that we as people seem to interact with the phenomenon on a level that is kind of a mirror of who we are inside. And he talks about the Mount Shasta experience with people that are going there singularly as well as a group, uh, meditation, the, um, uh, the gentleman that lives up in Washington State uh, who invites people to his ranch to almost right. see UFOs nightly, uh, Gillian, James Gillian. And then he, he contrasted that with the Skinwalker Ranch, where you've got these special forces security guys that have knives and weapons from their ankles clear up to their neck, and they are loaded and ready and looking for action. And so they, they find action. Uh, would, yeah. do, do you agree with that, that, that the phenomenon tends to mirror back kind of who we are? You know, I do, uh, going back to, you know, when I was a child and I experienced that, it, it always stuck in my mind. And, you know, I had to go through school. I was young, so there were plenty of distractions. So it wasn't like I was constantly, you know, researching as a child. I did read a few books um, that I would find 
along the way that were, you know, unconventional and helped keep me, I guess, in the subject. But it was really my early 20s, and I don't know if you remember this, but the Stevensville lights uh, happened in Texas. Oh, sure. Right. And so I, I, everyone was talking about it. It was on the news. And it really re-sparked my interest. And I found myself, you know, researching everything from contactees to, you know, abductions to, you know, crop circles, all of it. And as soon as I went in that direction with my consciousness, it seemed like all these things started being put in my life to lead me to where I am now. And it's all UFO related and consciousness related. And I think it's really fascinating when you get together with like-minded individuals and bounce off, you know, each other, you learn and grow so much. And I feel it helps us become better people as a society. And one of the main things I think our planet is facing is, you know, the destruction of Earth's ecosystems. Um, you know, animals are going extinct every day. We're going at war with each other. But I feel getting together and getting to know this information can really help the betterment of humanity and help you become a better person in your day-to-day life to lift the vibration of others. Mm -hmm. Rachel, hold that thought. Let's come back and talk about maybe how we interact and what we what we get from this experience, from this knowledge that we're acquiring of UFOs and St. Beans. Let me, let me take the top of the hour break, and uh, the okay. way that this works out, this is going to be a little bit of a long one because we've got lots of announcements here, so uh, hang in there, and in a, a couple of minutes right. we'll be back here to, to talk further with you. Uh, this is Rachel Mayo, and she's the official greeter and hostess uh, at the Starworks USA UFO Symposium taking place November 1st through the 3rd in Laughlin, Nevada. And the website is starworksusa.com. I'm Scott Colborn with Jim Shorney and Colleen. And you guys and gals, our theme this morning is UFOs, Consciousness, and Contact. We'll be right back. Voice of the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. Support for KZUM comes from family-owned and operated Butheris Mason and Love Funeral Home at 40th and A Streets in Lincoln, offering services that allow families to plan ahead according to personal wishes, chapel facilities to accommodate all faiths, and grief support materials for the family following a service. More information is available at 402-488-0934 and online at bmlfh.com. And by Maha Music Festival, Friday and Saturday, August 16th and 17th at Omaha's Exarban Village, featuring Lizzo, Jenny Lewis, Muscle Cousins, Shark Week, Omaha Girls Rock, and many more. Plus activities from over 30 local nonprofits. Passes, schedule, and more at MajaFestival.com. And Lincoln Calling, the annual four-day music and art festival, September 18th through 22nd in downtown Lincoln. 
featuring workshops and panel discussions on wellness, entrepreneurship, music, and culture, plus over 80 bands at eight venues, as well as an outdoor night market. Full lineup and other festival info on Facebook and lincolncalling.com. And the Rococo Theater presenting Beatles vs. Elvis, a musical showdown with tribute band Abbey Road and Elvis tribute Scott Bruce, Sunday, August 18th at 7 p.m. at the Rococo Theater. Tickets, details, and more at rococotheater.com. My name is Manny Morales. I'm 45 and I coach youth football. It's still hard to believe because the high school me was a work in progress. But big brothers, big sisters give me a real role model. And the young me needed a role model bad. My bigger brother's name is Ray. And Ray is the reason that this seven-year-old grows up to be a role model himself. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Dick Valverde, and I'd like to invite you on a musical journey of both sound and rhythm to a place I call Mesoterra. We'll travel far from commercial culture and just a step or two away from the abstract. So join me on Saturday afternoons, 3 to 5 p.m. for Mesoterra, right here on KZUM. One of the things that, uh, that I wanted to ask Rachel also, Rachel Mayo, uh, our guest, is, uh, Rachel, who are some of the people that, that other folks might encounter there? Are they from all walks of life? Who, who attends a StarWorks UFO symposium? Well, yeah, actually, um, you know, we have a bunch of regulars that attend every year, but there's nothing more that makes me happy to see a bunch of new people coming and attending the lectures and connecting with people and asking questions. I think it's very important that these people come, you know, especially the youth and the people who may be new to this, because most of these people go along their lives not able to talk about this subject with anybody. It's a subject that has been highly scrutinized by society. And you will leave StarWorks USA with a huge support system, lifelong friends. And every year I go, since the first year I went, it feels like a big family reunion. It's kind of hard to explain, but I guess we're talking on a level of consciousness. When mm -hmm. you're like-minded and into the same subjects and have some of the same views, you feel like family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, we have... Uh, in the media and on social media, we have a term being used of threat, advanced um, uh, interplanetary threat assessment. And there is a, there is a group I belong to uh, on Facebook that has that in their title. Several TV shows have used that term threat. Uh, right. 
I wonder if somebody is trying to condition us to look at this subject with fear instead of perhaps love. Right. Anything on the television, especially coming from the media, I tend to go into that mindset of thinking, okay, what kind of political agenda is going to be put you know, behind this information? It seems like the topic is becoming very mainstream. It's all over the news. And I encourage everyone to have a level of discernment and be careful with the information you take in coming out of your television because I feel like, okay, so these beings are visiting our planet and they have technology more advanced than ours. If they wanted to take us out, they would have done that already. I'd like to believe that they are checking up on us, seeing what we're doing as humanity as a whole and are concerned about the state of our planet. Because I'd like to imagine that whatever happens to this planet, if we were to hurt it in any way, it may affect, you know, our cosmic brothers and sisters. So I believe that, yes, we we need to be careful when watching the television and attend conferences like Star Wars USA instead and take the information that feels true to your heart and soul And take that home, digest it, and apply it to your day-to-day life. This is Rachel Mayo. She's the um, hostess and greeter at the Starworks USA UFO Symposium, November 1st through the 3rd in uh, Laughlin, Nevada. And, uh, Rachel, we just had a a friend of ours walk into the studio here. This is Mike Laver. Hi, Mike. You're on. Hi, Scott. Oh, geez. Do I need to put headphones on? You you can if you want to hear (laughs) <laughs> Good morning, Scott. Yesterday, I, I kind of pulled a little surprise on Scott. Yeah, so uh, uh, Rachel, Mike is responsible for the original archive website. And one of the things that, that, that we have in common with you is wanting to get the word out about the subject and allow people to hear it in a timely fashion. So Mike approached me years ago and said, Let's do an archive, and that was back, Mike, in 2005. Yes, that long ago? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I used to be better looking back then. I've oh, oh same here. <laughs> same here. Yeah, I think it was uh, October of 05, I believe, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And we it, did it for, geez, 10 years, I think, or so. Rachel, he's living now out in the boonies. Is it Nevada or Utah? Nevada. Nevada. Yeah, we spent some time in Laughlin last fall uh, at Big Bend of the Colorado River State Park. Mm-hmm. So when when's this symposium? I wasn't listening when I walked in. Rachel, should we lay it on him? Yes. <laughs> it's in um, November, the 1st to the 3rd this year in Laughlin, Nevada. It's at the Aquarius Casino Resort Hotel. It's in the middle of the Mojave Desert. It's, it's really gorgeous. There's mountains all around, and it's a UFO hot spot in itself. Well, that sounds great. I, I know the place. I know where it's going to be, and it's probably a good chance I'll be down there. So, <laughs> so, so it's like a great okay. time for you and Mrs. Lover to, to go for a weekend. Well, well, you know, we could time it and stay sure. stay at the campground. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. I well, I, it's, it's a gorgeous place, right on the river. 
right on the river. So yeah, I think uh, I'll have to look into to finding the finding the presentation. Rachel, how how is this event different from other events that you might have heard about or, or gone to? How is the Starworks event different? I would say that, you know, Paula's been doing this for over 40 years. So she's a pioneer in the UFO and consciousness research field. She travels around the world constantly interviewing the most impressive of UFO and uh, whistleblowers and contactees and brings the information to Starworks USA. She likes to bring in the element of consciousness and having a dialogue with everyone on how we can, you know, use this information to become better as a planet and as a people to become better citizens of a galactic community. Uh, and Rachel, uh, if, if you had the ability to pick out a couple of reasons why you attend the Starworks event every year, that perhaps were also or can be appreciated by others, what are a couple of the main reasons why you go? So one of the main reasons I like to go is, of course, attending the lectures. I get so many questions answered at this conference, it's unreal. The lectures are, you know, from morning to night. You get so much information that it takes sometimes months to digest it all once you're back home. But it starts to come to a point where you're connecting the dots by listening to these amazing researchers and contactees and whistleblowers and connecting with the like-minded people at the conference as well and sharing your experiences is not only healing, it helps, you know, confirm a lot of the things that you've questioned that have happened in your own life. You leave with a support system, which is great. You have lifelong friends, you know, after this conference. And I like that Paula, you know, uses this more like an educational rather than Mm -hmm. entertainment factor. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be an event open to the public uh, November 1st through the 3rd. And uh, I will be down there. uh, And uh, Rachel, uh, her husband, Robert, uh, probably their darling little boy. Forgive me, I've forgotten oh, his, his name. He won't be there this year. <laughs> okay. He's going to be with grand, grandparents, huh? Yes. Yes. This year he won't make it, but next year for sure. And uh, there'll be a bunch of folks down there that, uh, as as Rachel said, you're going to meet. One of the things, Rachel, that I've always enjoyed about events like this is the dialogue that I've had with people that I'm seated around. Right. Because you can simply say, why are you here? And nobody's going to say, because I had a free discount weekend at the Aquarius Casino. Nobody's going to say that. They're there because of a motivation, a purpose to seek more information. And Rachel, when I talk with these people, it's just, it's more than just bright lights in the night sky. There's more right. of the phenomenon than that. Definitely. Of consciousness and ESP, have you, in your life, have you experienced some ESP stuff? 
I have. You know how people talk about receiving downloads? Yeah, so Brant Cameron gonna, talks about that. <laughs> uh, this is going to sound kind of strange, but it's, it's such a weird form of meditation. But when I get ready and do my makeup sometimes, I will get into this meditative state and I find myself just not thinking of anything. And all of a sudden, a huge block of information will enter my mind. And it usually applies to a question that I've put out into the universe or something that's going on in my life that I just need some, you know, brushing up on. And I'll receive a huge block of information that just clarifies everything and answers the questions that I've been wondering. So, uh, again, I invite folks to come meet Rachel. She's going to be um, our hostess and greeter there at the Starbucks USA conference. And things kick off. Um, we all start showing up on Thursday. And that, I think, is the calendar date. That's the 31st. So we're going to be arriving at the casino on Halloween. Boy, that'll be something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then Friday, uh, the first, uh, it's a full day of activities. Uh, information's up at starworksusa.com, the full schedule, the presenters, how to register, et cetera. Uh, what would you like uh, folks to, to think about today? What would you like to leave people with, Rachel? Well, one of the most important things I try to go by on a day-to-day -day basis is that I have a four-year-old son, and I'm really concerned about the state of our planet and want him to grow up in a future that is bright and beautiful. So my key thing is just being kind to others and showing love to the stranger, you know, that you come across in the grocery store. I feel like a lot of people have become, like, disconnected from each other but if you just simply say hi, smile, or give someone a compliment, it will make their day. And they'll pass it on to someone else because it's an energy exchange. So just work on, you know, taking care of yourself and lifting up the vibration of others. And that is a huge form of activism. That's some of the best advice I've heard this morning, Rachel. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Okay, all the best to you and Robert and your son. And look forward to uh, hanging out with you this November in Laughlin, Nevada. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Uh, Rachel Mayo, she's the uh, hostess and greeter for the Starworks USA UFO Symposium. And uh, I really like the fact that Rachel and her husband Robert are involved because we really need this vanguard of young people. Uh, and at my age, anybody that's around me is pretty much younger than I am. Uh, but we need them to, to enter and pick up this, this banner and go forward with it. Um, there's more to UFOs than just bright lights. And come join Rachel and Robert and I and others, and we'll, we'll find out more about that. Our next guest is Acosta McCreese. And he's going to be one of the folks there uh, at Starworks. He's the founder of ETLetstalk.com. 
the ET Let's Talk community, the People's Disclosure Movement, and the Global CE5 Initiative. Costa, what is the CE5 Initiative? Well, hello, Scott. Uh, thank you for having me on. Um, the uh, Global CE5 Initiative is a once-monthly kind of getting together of all of our global ET contact teams um, in the uh, ET Let's Talk community. Uh, the initiative is uh, about, let me see, um, almost nine years old now, and we've been doing this month after month. Um, and it's a really cool thing because... Uh, um, I choose a Saturday um, every month, and I notify the entire community uh, via social media, mailing list, etc. But uh, it's a Saturday that is closest to a new moon, which means that it's a different Saturday every month, and I go out and calculate that. And the reason is because when there's a new moon, it's a dark sky, and people who like to go outside and make their ET contact um, um, are able to see more without the, the moon you know, washing things out. So all our groups get together um, in our imagination. It's a virtual thing wherever we happen to be located. And at any time during that 24-hour period of that Saturday. So that makes it, you know, flexible and convenient for people. And, and the idea is, is, is that we've been building a group field, um, an energetic field of very open and loving welcome and communication and interaction and connection. Uh, with our star friends. Uh, if anyone who has done um, meditation in a rhythmic way over time knows that uh, you build a field like that and it just keeps getting bigger and better and stronger, more attractive, and gives you what you want. So that was the idea behind this, is to get all our groups together during that one day um, of the month over the years to right now having built a field that is uh, so huge that uh, I believe a lot more sightings have been happening uh, uh, around the world, and a lot more people have been brought into appreciating the fact that we have our star friends, um, you know, visiting us here. And and so that's what's that's what's been going on. It, it's it's an opportunity for the community to come together. Now, having said that, um, the truth is that in our community, and, and we have about um, uh, it's always growing, but about twenty five thousand people in more than 100 countries, and they're making uh, daily, weekly, and this monthly contact. So even though we come together as a group once a month, it doesn't stop anybody else in the community from making the, uh, the contact uh, as often as they want. Like I said, daily, sometimes many times a day, maybe once a week, anytime they want. The whole idea is just to, to keep feeding that group field and, and growing the awareness of our star friends um, more and more and more and contacting them and, and connecting with them. So so that's the basic idea, and it's been very successful over the years. This is Costa McCreese. He's one of the presenters at the Starworks event in November. And Costa, uh, how did you get your start in this? Did you have uh, an experience when you were a little boy? Well, not when I was a little boy, but, um, you know, everyone has a story. I like to say that as I as I communicate with hundreds of people all the time, I love hearing the stories, and, and mine is right up there with some of them uh, in terms of drama. Tell me about uh, let it. Let me just say, uh, you know, go on. Yeah, tell us about uh, maybe something that happened when you were younger that, that in a way charted and helped direct you towards 
the work you're doing now as an adult? Absolutely. Uh, I was, um, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s, um, but, but specifically in the 60s, as a young man in the Midwest, I was um, fascinated by the NASA program of the day, you know, the Mercury, Gemini, Apollo. Uh, many people were turned on to space and exploration that way. So my eyes were on the stars. I also was interested in astronomy. I had my own telescope and was always awed by the magnificence of the universe uh, as I looked through it. And I was always always interested in science fiction. So you can see a theme there where my eyes were just out in space and my heart was out there and my interest and my enthusiasm in just these different ways. Um, I think I was 10 or 11 when I picked up my first UFO book in a, in a drugstore. And it it was in the, would have been in the early, yeah, early 60s. And it had the picture of the classic dome-shaped saucer on it, mm -hmm. uh, which came out of the contacting movement of the 50s, which you probably know of, the, the Georgia Damsky and all the other people, um, um, Giant Rock and all the the festivals out there, etc. It was quite the movement, uh, produced some of these books. And as I opened this book, there were just all these black and white pictures. Nothing could have been photoshopped back in the day then. So uh, I believe that what I was seeing were, were genuine pictures people had taken. So that just uh, lit me all up, and I wanted to read more, and I read what I could, and I just knew that they, they were real, and I wanted to have my own experience. Well, uh, fast forward to 2006, I'm much older, and I had dropped my interest in UFOs and ETs uh, because I had uh, just gone to school, had a what I call a conventional life of mm -hmm. getting a degree in computer science, uh, coming out west to California and working in the Silicon Valley as an independent software consultant for decades. And along the way, got married, had children, got divorced, got remarried. Um, again, very conventional until 2006 when I was surfing the Internet and I wondered to myself, um, I wonder what, what's going on in the UFO field. And it was like drinking from a fire hose. Because, as you can imagine, if you Google the term UFO or ET, you know, millions of pages come back at you. What I did find, though, was a, a group of people that would go to Mount Shasta for a week and sit under the stars and use meditation uh, to contact ET. And this really, um, this really fascinated me. And I decided to spend a week and, and go out and join them. It was only a four-hour drive from my home, so not a big deal. And I wanted to do this very new thing. I'd, I'd never heard of that because uh, up until now, uh, ET contact experiences were very, very passive, right? They either happened to you or they didn't. But in this way, these were people proactively going out and making the contact. And during that week, I had two experiences that up close and personal, one in particular that um, changed my life, and it put me on the course to what I'm doing today uh, because I saw a materializing small starship, a sphere, maybe about six feet in diameter, just a few feet away from me and nine other adults watching it. It materialized out of thin air and hovered there for half an hour uh, without a sound, without vibration, without wind or anything. And uh, that really changes you. Yeah. And the woman next to me, um, also had an experience and related that to the group. So we each 
uh, all of the people there encountered this, and, and it dematerialized after the half hour. And there were more details there, but I'm not sure we have much time to get into those. But suffice it to say that something appearing in front of you like that, um, after you've done this uh, meditation to contact ET, and then staying there, being opaque, you can't look into it, but it, they were sending telepathic messages to us from inside, uh, the beings that were there, and then it dematerializes after that half hour. Uh, that's profound, and some people bury an experience like that. Some people get excited. Uh, I'm, I'm of the latter. I got excited, and I realized that um, as an ordinary person, if I can do this and have this kind of contact, other people should be able to. And that's when I began organizing people mm -hmm. um, all over the world and teaching them how to make their own contact. And that's how I came to the community today. Costa, we're going to take our bottom of the hour break, and it'll be long enough that if you need to get up and use the restroom, get yourself some more coffee, you can do that. And when we come back, okay. I'd like to have you contrast your work, which is peaceful and benevolent, with this rising term in the media of UFO as a threat. And I'd like to have you speak to that. Okay. This is Costa McCreese. He's one of the presenters at the Starworks USO UFO uh, Symposium. That's November 1st through the 3rd in Laughlin, Nevada. And the uh, website address is starworksusa.com. I'm Scott Colborn, and uh, Mike Laver, you are the original archive webmaster. What are you doing back in Lincoln? Oh, a number of things, Scott. Visiting family, friends, etc., and um, just things like that. Bicycle riding. It's flat here. <laughs> it's kind of nice. Relatively speaking. So I just remembered this. If anybody's interested in the Lincoln, southeast Nebraska area, in um, exquisite guitar in a really interesting space. William Eaton is performing tomorrow on Sunday at 2 o'clock in the state capitol rotunda. And so he's going to use that reverberatory space to create music, and you're going to see one or more guitars that he's hand-built that are incredible. Uh, I heard him 20 years ago. And so if anybody's got time, it's tomorrow, Sunday at 2 o'clock in the State Capitol Rotunda. I may have to go check that out while I'm here. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and one last question before a break here, Mike. Uh, why are you interested in UFOs? Oh, my. I, I think I've been interested since I was a little kid. Um, just some books I read when I was young. And I... I try to keep track of it and I keep looking up in Nevada I haven't seen anything yet but my kids have and their, their first trip to Nevada they came back dad dude, we saw this UFO and my father-in-law said I've never seen anything like it some lights moving in the sky so interesting so I'm hoping one of these nights I'll see something well, be sure to let us know yeah. Oh, you'll be the first. Yeah, who are you going to call hopefully it's going to be us <laughs> Scott not, not Ghostbusters I'll call Scott <laughs> Okay, um, stay tuned. We've got Mike Lover here, Colleen, Jim, myself, our special guest, Costa McCreese. We're talking about UFOs, consciousness, and contact. We'll be right back.
the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. This Week in Lincoln is supported by the local venues with listings here. This is live music happening this week in Lincoln. On Saturday, August 10th, Big Daddy Caleb and the Chargers play at 6 at the Zoo Bar. Bodega's Alley hosts a 9 o'clock show with Mr. E and the Stringless Kite and the Midland Band. The Lincoln Crossroads Music Festival presents Hirana beginning at 9 p.m. at the Bay. Then Dirty Roses start at 8 at the Bourbon Theater. All-Knowing McGill is at Crescent Moon at 8. And Duffy's Tavern hosts a MAP Entertainment Takeover beginning at 9. On Sunday, August 11th, Orchard Fire and Endless Highway kick off the Playmore's Country Night at 8 p.m. And Zoolarius brings stand-up comedy to the Zoo Bar at 8 that's live music happening this week in Lincoln. The full moon lights the silver rails winding around dark mountains and over steep gorges of jagged rock and one freezing cold rushing black mountain river. I wish there was enough time to describe all of the funny twists and turns that led up to now, but there isn't enough time because there's a ticking clock and the two passengers we care most about don't know anything about it. To see what happens next, visit read.gov to read The Exquisite Corpse, a riveting adventure pieced together by John Sheska, Shannon Hale, Daniel Handler, and other popular authors. Explore new worlds. Read. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Dick Valverde, and I'd like to invite you on a musical journey of both sound and rhythm to a place I call Mesoterra. We'll travel far from commercial culture and just a step or two away from the abstract. So join me on Saturday afternoons, 3 to 5 p.m. for Mesoterra, right here on KZUM.
Scott Colborn with Exploring Unexplained Phenomena, and that was kind of fun. That was a surprise visit by Mike Lover. And, uh, Mike, I hope you enjoy the rest of your, your uh, visit here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, say hello to folks listening all over the world. We just kicked up our listener map, and uh, we've got folks over in Europe and Russia, people in, in, uh, mm-hmm. in Central America, and, of course, all over the states here. With us is Costa McCreese. And uh, he's been interested in helping people have direct contact. How do you contrast the benevolence of your work with TV shows and some social media groups that now have the word threat being used? What's your take on that, Costa? Well, it's a very basic take, um, and you said it right there in your sentence. Um, they are spinning things as be afraid, be very afraid. Uh, some people call that fear porn. And um, uh, in my view, all that's wrong, and it's um, disinformation. And anytime you can make people afraid of anything, it's better to, it's easier to control them. So as I watch uh, these memes going out there, um, as you said, about this being a threat, um, uh, I totally disagree because in our community, and we have, uh, like I said, 25,000 people in more than 100 countries, and those are just Mm -hmm. the ones I know about. I'm not the only network out there. But we know from our experience making our own contact directly and having a variety of contacts, we haven't been harmed. And so who are you going to believe uh, government propaganda that is coming out through the entertainment industry, drip, 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 to, to, to make you nervous, biting your fingernails, or are you going to believe those of us, and we comprise what I call and what I created, which was um, the People's Disclosure Movement. Mm-hmm. So this is a contrast between government, drip, 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 be very afraid, disclosure, using the entertainment media, and the People's Disclosure Movement, which is our direct experience teaching each other how to make the contact, uh, sharing our stories, experimenting uh, with different techniques, and, and, and um, inspiring each other. So our People's Disclosure Movement stands in stark contrast to the fear because, uh, again, we have had um, what I would say many loving interactions or neutral interactions. Uh, some people have been healed in their contact and personal contacts with ET beings. Um, but again, the story is not that anyone's been harmed. Um, and I have been uh, doing this for nine years now. I hear hundreds of stories, videos are taking, people share in our community. So our shared experience, by and large, uh, has been a real positive one. So I ask people, who are you going to believe uh, a government that's been that is now dripping this out slowly and telling you to be afraid after they've been covering up the ET thing, the UFO presence, UAP presence for decades, suddenly they're starting to tell you to keep being afraid and saying, Oh yeah, we've been telling you for years. There's nothing to see here. This is your imagination. You're crazy. 
mm-hmm. go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly they're saying, uh, oh, yeah, we've been studying them, but be afraid. Be very afraid. Mm-hmm. Are you going to believe that? Um, that's why the People's Disclosure Movement, and I invite people to come to etletstalk.com, and the membership is free there. You can become part of this movement where we are are disclosing the presence ourselves. You know, we take back our power that we've given to governments, and how many people, you know, really do trust their governments? I don't care where you are in the world. Um, this is a very low thing, uh, low opinions people have because they've been lied to so much. You know, there, there's a real history behind that. Cost, it's, so it's, a, it's amazing, too, for those of us that get outside the states to see how other media, newspapers, broadcast, etc., report on the UFO phenomenon. Uh, Paula, mm-hmm. our common friend, has said many times that she'll be in Europe and there'll be a, a series of sightings, and it's uh, banner headlines, front page photographs, articles, and she'll buy a selection of U.S. newspapers, not a word. It's like somehow yeah. there is a shield right there at the water that prevents that. Uh, <laughs> Costa, let me, let me uh, throw something at you here and see what you think. Uh, my study of UFOs led me into a deepened study of spirituality and, and religion. And it's been my sense, both from personal experience as well as as the information I've acquired from a lot of study, that the the Lakota Sioux saying, we are one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Colleen, is it Metakwewasin? Metakios. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That is echoed by world scripture, East and West. In 2006, the Vatican newspaper published an article by the chief astronomer for the Vatican that said, the alien is my brother. If, if those of us that are on a spiritual path, if we accept that as a premise, and we accept that as a truth, Certainly that truth doesn't stop at our atmosphere or planet Earth and then change when we go into space or other dimensions. <laughs> if yeah, if yeah, we are all right. one through this and connected to this creator, Costa, doesn't it mean that these other people that are from elsewhere were also connected through them to the same creator source? Well, absolutely. Uh, like you said, it the we are one doesn't stop where the atmosphere of Earth ends. Um, and I'm really happy to hear you bring that up, Scott, because uh, there there is a spirituality to all of this, and that is part of our movement. And by spirituality also, I include people who are atheists and agnostic. I mean, it, it, it runs from one continuum to another. But having said that, many people in my community have had profound what I call spiritual experiences integrated with this um, uh, search for the extraterrestrial life. Now, let me be clear, um, a message in in a conversation, and and yes, I talk with star people, and many people I know do through telepathy, and that's a whole other topic that we can go into at another time, which is very cool. But in conversations I've had with them, they have insisted and said, 
don't look us don't look at us as gods we're family we're your elder brothers sisters and cousins and we're here to help we love you the earth is at a critical state right now where it could um, uh, have cataclysmic events and I believe some of these civilizations may have come close to that themselves and and reached down inside and evolved spiritually to get beyond their crises, their wars, their harming of their environment, mm-hmm. and venture into space. And I believe, and actually know, and they've told us, they're here because they want to help us not blow it. And they're ready and willing anytime as we make contact in our community to offer us help, but we have to ask because uh, it's our permission that's important. And so that's why it's a real spiritual thing. I mean, if you care about the survival of your species, about other forms of life, even about your neighbor you don't like across the street who has a different political opinion, or about even about the people who are spinning this fear, 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 we are really all one. And uh, though it's hard to love everyone, we have to try. And I really believe that... Um, extending that love to our cosmic families, and they've called us themselves our families, is no less natural than finding a long-lost cousin you didn't know you had somewhere in, let's say, Europe, Mm -hmm. uh, and then suddenly becoming friends on social media and saying, oh, my God, we didn't know about each other, but uh, what's your life like? Hey, what's your life like? Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing just with our cosmic families now, and they're very eager and, and willing to help us uh, so why wouldn't we take the outstretched hand of, uh, again, an elder brother, sister, or cousin who might be a little bit wiser, a little more advanced, and who's gone through some of the problems we have? Why wouldn't we take some guidance from there? Not to control us, but to work as partners, co-creators of a, kind of a, a golden age on Earth together. And that's what the People's Disclosure Movement is about. That's what ET Let's Talk. It's putting the power back in our hands, our everyday people's hands, to create our destiny. I often say that the best, and this is not original, by the way, the best way to uh, predict the future is to create it. So in the People's Disclosure Movement and etletstalk.com, that's exactly what we're doing. And we have this cosmic help right at our fingertips. uh, And all we have to do is ask for it. And they're very willing and joyful to respond. What do you see happening at this Starworks UFO Symposium in November? Uh, you're going to be there doing one or more presentations. Uh, what is the benefit to people that might be considering going? What's going to happen there? Well, I am just so grateful to Paula for, for having put this together and for having the vision that she has that um, we have to go beyond fear, as I've been talking about and as she's talked about, and embrace uh, this expanding consciousness of, of our uh, cosmic friends. So what I hope people will get out of this, I mean, there are different speakers in kind of different areas, but in general, uh, it looks to me like the approach, I could sum it up, is come from your heart, uh, come and join a community of people who are open-minded, uh, like you. Uh, you'll learn a few things, uh, because there's some great researchers that are, will be speaking there, and I will be presenting, as you mentioned, as well, uh, uh, with my wife, Hollis Polk, and we'll be talking about the People's Disclosure Movement and something new that I'll be introducing, though it's not new, but just by the name. It'll be the People's Love Alliance, which is um, millions of us Earthlings 
stepping up to do the right thing and cooperate with each other and heal the earth as well. So I think people's minds will be opened and I'm sure their hearts will be opened um, and they'll walk away with um, with new friends, uh, actually even better than friends, new allies. Because with allies you, you find people that you can work with in, in doing this healing work. And knowing that Paula is concerned about the survival of our earth, um, I know that in one way or the other, each of the speakers that are there will be echoing, like, get up and do something. Here's some information about what's going on, mm -hmm. and whatever resonates with you, just get up and be active. And use, um, it's not the usual parade of uh, fear, 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 and um, that maybe other conventions will have, but pa Paula's is, is more positive, and that's what I think people will get out of that, is uh, feeling good afterwards and feeling they, they make a difference mm -hmm. and they can do something. Acosta uh, McCreese has been our guest. His website, it's very easy to find, etletstalk.com. Uh, once again, it's etletstalk.com. And you'll also find Costa McCreese on Facebook. It's K-O-S-T-A and M-A-K-R-E-A-S. Costa, in about 60 seconds or less, if you had the chance to ask a question of these sentient beings, what would that be? It would be, how can we cooperate with you more to save our planet? We are willing. You have told us we are ready, but what more do we need to do other than already trying to make contact with you in the People's Disclosure Movement. Okay, Costa, I'll look forward to sharing a cup of coffee with you, if that's your beverage of choice. Uh, it is mine. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, uh, Absolutely. And uh, look forward to meeting you and your wife uh, at the Starworks UFO Symposium, November 1st through the 3rd in Laughlin, Nevada. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Scott. See you then. Take care. Costa McCreese, the website again, very easy to find, etletstalk.com. Well, we've had a, a rousing conversation here. We started things off with Paula Harris, and uh, she is the, the facilitator and, and the uh, brains behind this whole thing. She set out to try to do a different event than other conferences to incorporate uh, more women, to incorporate more international speakers, uh, because a lot of the uh, more mainstream, if I could say mainstream and UFO in the same sentence, a lot of those uh, regular conferences have um, 10 guys, one gal, and it's the same people almost year after year. So she wants to bring in new people. She's very interested in bringing in young people. Um, these conferences are very personable. Uh, they're designed for everybody that simply is curious and has interest. Uh, you'll find more information at StarWorksUSA.com. I encourage you to go there and get that information. Uh, coming up next is Beta Radio at 12 noon. And uh, we have no idea what they have <laughs> planned, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a surprise. Going to be a surprise. Yeah. And I hope you'll stay tuned and listen 
for not only later today, but heck, a week from now, we're going to have um, a fun guest. Preston Dennett is back with us. He has a brand new book out called Schoolyard UFO Encounters, 100 True Accounts. So our, our program today with Paula Harris, with Rachel Mayo, uh, Costa McCreese, we appreciate them taking time from their busy schedules to be with us. And uh, hopefully you've heard a little bit to maybe make you folks curious. Again, I invite you to consider attending the conference in November. The website is starworksusa.com. And I'll have you again reflect on that Vatican newspaper headline, The Alien is My Brother. I'm getting so, Jim and, and Colleen, it's almost hard for me to say that term alien because I want to say people. Mm -hmm. These are other individuals, other people from elsewhere, our brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, Jim, what do you have planned for the rest of the weekend? Stay inside, away from the heat. Okay, and Colleen, what about you? <laughs> um, just more arts and crafts and more stuff. More arts. What have you been working on today here? Uh, it's just like this um, blanket, like a baby blanket. Uh, the the, the uh, crochet, crochet stitch is called Beautiful Shells. Wow, that's, I, that's so. amazing to watch. My mom used to crochet all the time. Yeah, it's... it's I'd, I'd sit there and yeah. watch her trying to figure out how she's doing it, and it's... Like this is this is like magic to me. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just like looping over and over. That's all it is. It's just very circular. But it's it's wonderful yeah. stuff that you can create doing that. Uh, Colin and Jim, thanks for being here. Thank okay, you, Scott. You're welcome. And our thanks to Mike Lover, the original archive webmaster yep. who just bopped in. That was kind of fun to that, see, that Mike. Was, yeah, I, I pulled the wool over your eyes on that one. You weren't <laughs> expecting it, were you? And but thanks good, again. Good to see Mike. Safe travels. Yep, thanks to, to Mike for all those years. Gosh. Uh, yeah. The EUPradio.net. You can go back to uh, 2005. And uh, I don't know if I figured out how many hours. I think close to 1,000 hours of archive programs. Wow. So That's awesome. And it's all free of charge. Thanks, Mike. Thanks again, Paula Harris, Rachel Mayo, Costa McCreese, and thanks to you guys and gals. We see your, your uh, broadcast map here of where you're listening from all over the world. We really appreciate you listening this morning. Uh, thank you so much. I'm Scott Colborn, and until next week, walk in beauty.